Hey everyone, it's Carmita, and welcome to Missing in the PNW. So this is part two of the special two-part episodes on Kelsey Emily Collins. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, stop whatever you're doing, go back and listen to that first, because I promise you it will make way more sense once you do. In this episode, just to first off recap what happened in the first episode, we got to speak to Kelsey's mom, Sarah, and Kelsey's older sister, Dominique. They gave us a first-hand account on how Kelsey grew up, some of the abuse that she went through, um, some of traumatic events that the family as a whole had experienced, and kind of the unfortunate criminal circumstances that Kelsey was pushed and forced into. Um, There is a little trigger warning. We do talk about sensitive topics like sexual abuse, um, domestic violence, stuff like that. So we will hear all of that, a dive deeper into the case that Kelsey went through, her disappearance, um, everything surrounding that. So with that, guys, here is part two of the Kelsey Emily Collins episode. Mom, what are your, your, your thoughts on that? The not knowing is, it, it's probably the hardest thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, your mind telling you it's been so long that she couldn't possibly still be alive. And then hearing the cases like J.C. Dugar or, um, you know, who was held captive for 17 years, disappeared as a 12-year-old, or the teenage girls that were in, I believe it was Pittsburgh, and they'd been held captive in a basement for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Mm. And and you're like, is that better? Is that a better thing? Is that a better outcome? Yes, they're alive, but the trauma they've had to live through, you know, and you don't have a, you don't have a place. Um, that's one of the things that if somebody dies, you can bury them. You can go through the process of grief, but when you don't know, you don't even have the luxury of going to a grave because um, there isn't one. Um, and if you make one, then it feels like you've given up hope totally. Um, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is when you, a lot of these that you hear, they are white girls. And there's something called missing white women syndrome. It's, it's, it's a thing. And it just, again, I don't, I don't think people really pay attention to why is this happening or why it's. There's no explanation for it. There's no explanation for, you know, why the family has to go through this, why friends have to go through this, why the victim themselves have to go through this. And everything happens. And then it's like, oh, now let's do something. Oh, now now we could have gone back in. Like stuff has to happen for people to change you know, laws or whatever. Like, why don't we work on preventing that? Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, and and I agree absolutely with that. It's it, you know, what where where are the preventative measures? Yeah, you know, why are, it's like we don't seem to learn 
as as a society at all um and put in preventative step better preventative step better training i know people overuse that word and i feel like we view and but it's just the truth of the matter and if there is train if there is training then it needs to be something different because whatever you're doing is not working so again let's let's redo this program or step or whatever the case may be um but so uh the night emily went missing i know we kind of got a little bit off track mom um did you want to tell her about that oh yeah Kelsey she, went missing. she had told her sister she told me i'm probably gonna go see a movie with my friend um i don't know if we're gonna take the bus or if my friend is coming to pick me up and I said, well, do you have must bus fare? And she said, yeah, I have bus fare. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go take a nap. And the next day was supposed to be Mother's Day. And we always did something for Mother's Day, always. And she didn't come home. And I tried calling her phone, and it just kept going to voicemail. And um, then I got mad. I was like, she knows it's Mother's Day. I can't believe she didn't come home. And someone had called the house phone many times that afternoon. And I didn't have caller ID on the phone. Um, I had it on my cell phone. And if the person had called my cell phone, I would have known exactly who it was. But um, I just thought it was my son's little friends trying to bug him, you know, wanting him to come out and play. And I was like, no, it's Mother's Day. You know, we're going to stay here and have a barbecue and you're going to have fun whether you like it or not. And so I just ignored this phone call. And then Monday morning, I was like, she's still not back. And kind of got a sinking feeling. And I went to work. And my other daughter was at home. And she called me at work. And that's when she told me that um, Emily had never shown up at the movie theater. And that the guy she was supposed to meet was actually the one who had been calling me all day Sunday on the house phone, trying to tell us, you know, trying to ask us. She didn't show up. If, you know, is she there? And that's, you know, that's when the wheels started spin off the rail. You know, I came home. I called the detective in Portland. I told him that she had gone missing and that I reported her as a missing person. And that was kind of really, you know, they didn't really take it very seriously. They're like, well, she's 18. I said, she just turned 18. I'm like, can't you ping her phone? And that, you know, and I told them she testified in a, federal grand jury i was gonna say yeah this is after two weeks ago yeah Yeah. right and so their extent of the investigation was she called the two um guys that she had been seeing and um neither one would talk to them and and that was the extent of their investigation. And the detective from Portland called them. And the guy who had been assigned the case told him point blank. He's like, she's 18. She's an adult. She's a prostitute. There's nothing we can do. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I 
used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. And then he called me back and told me they're not looking for her. So then, you know, we started contacting the prosecutor in Portland who, quote unquote, you know, she had testified for. And it was such a huge runaround. So much of that is such a blur to me. you know, just getting, why can't you pay her phone? Well, because it was her phone. I said, I bought the phone. I pay for the minutes on the phone. I'm giving you permission to ping the phone. Well, we really can't do that. And and then to find out six months later that they had pinged her phone. And they had watched her phone go between cell towers between Seattle and Everett. And they never did anything about it. And you know, they were supposed to have started a missing persons case through the FBI. That didn't get opened up for over six months. They talked to me. They tell me they were doing things. But it didn't actually get a case number for six months. And then they kept passing it all over the FBI. People in Portland didn't want it. People in Everett didn't want it. People in Seattle didn't want it. Um, you know, the FBI was really trying to, to stay out of it. Um, you know, I, I, I saw an article just last week about an Oregon girl who went missing and her mother tried to get the police to take her seriously. And, she, you know, she couldn't. And so she went to the FBI herself. And I was like, well, I know where that went. It went nowhere. And I was like, talk about a useless police department. I always thought when I was growing up, the FBI were the, you know, top, top of the top. and. I came away with, I don't even want to speak to somebody who works for the FBI anymore. Oh, yeah, they were a rude bunch. Yeah. And, you know, like, when we did eventually go down to Portland um, to talk to the prosecuting attorney, and my daughter, I said, well, there's Kemp Strickland. And my daughter turned to me and she goes, he's black? And, and I know exactly what she was thinking. Why? He's black. Why isn't he protecting one of his own? Right. And yeah. Literally, that's and, what I said. I was like, wait a second, this guy is black? Wait, um, I mean, I'm, I was stunned. I thought it was I, I I couldn't understand it at all. Like it really honestly threw me for a loop because it was like, like my mom said, it was like, why aren't you doing your people better? What is happening? Why? It's yeah, it was, it was shocking. Yeah. And that's the problem with a lot of those people too, though, that my issue with politicians and district attorneys and all that is they do everything for themselves. Right. You you had this girl come, tell her, you know, yeah, this is this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. And then as soon as she does what you wanted her to do, then you just okay, bye. Yeah. Part of the way is cut ties. 
And, and like my mom had said, it was like, we knew that they could ping her phone and I couldn't understand why that wasn't getting done. I was like, I don't understand this, that this, these are basic, that's a basic request. Let's throw that out there really quick. Okay. There are yeah. some things that you can't do. There are some things that require a lot of manpower, but I know even 13, 14 years ago, one of the basics is, oh, they have a cell phone. Well, let's track their cell phone. Do we have permission? Yes, of course you have permission. And then you track their cell phone. And then we were told that that wasn't happening. And then like my mom said, six months later, we were told, well, actually we did. And I believe I asked, what well, did you search the area? Well, no. Well, what is the area? And I'll search it myself. I believe I said that. Mom, did I say that? Right. Oh, yeah. No. Because what do you mean you didn't search it? <laughs> you had the last location of where this girl possibly was, and you didn't. Two weeks after she went missing, Carmita, two weeks, and you didn't search it, and That's you didn't crazy. say anything. Who does that? Do your jobs. All law enforcement, do your jobs. Do it correctly. I say that all the time, too. That, that's that nobody's asking you a lot we're asking you to do what we're, what we are paying you to do your whole thing says protect and serve so how are you right. protecting and serving right and you know that i think right then and there had just i think that was probably my last straw and i just kind of blew up and and i left the room i well i asked to leave the room the door was locked and all of this and it was a whole thing. It just was, it was maddening. It was agonizing. It was maddening. It was disappointing. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. So did anything come of the case that Kelsey testified in? Yes. Um, her case was actually dropped because they couldn't find her. But it was, there were two charges. Um, one using her as the victim and the other one using the other girl as the victim. And Who they had in protective custody. I just want to throw that out. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time and that Emily yeah. wasn't 18, she wasn't in protective custody, but the other girl was. Yeah. Hmm. And... Um, he took a he took a plea deal and got ten to fifteen years. Um, yeah, for sex. So he could be out. No, he died. Oh, he died. He died in prison. He's like. Um, and there was there was two there was two men, and the other man I actually had never heard of. Um, he actually got the longer sentence. Um. He got 40 years. And the woman who was involved um, got 18 months probation. Right. Lisa yeah. Miles. Mm -hmm. I heard about that. And I, you a woman. Right. That's what I'm going to say about that. You a woman. And you watch these little girls go through this. Right. You know, and, and I will say, and maybe this is just playing devil's advocate, because by no means do I have a, a bone of sympathy in my body for this group of, of, of folks. However, it is entirely possible that she may also have been a victim. And she may... And and I just want to play devil's advocate. And yeah. that's not, I'm not, trust me, I don't, I, I could care less about these folks. However, I do understand abuse perpetuates abuse. And that, you know, that it's, it's systematic. It's, it's, it's generational. And, you know, she, at some point in her life may have gone through something. She may have been a victim. She may have been held hostage. And basically just learned to survive. Again, you want to talk about Stockholm Syndrome, whatever they're calling it nowadays, but it's along the same lines. And so I, I can give that small, minuscule benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, 
However, yes, I had your exact initial response as well, is I was like, this is a woman doing this to other girls. But when you think about things long enough and you have nothing but time to think about things long enough, you then and then you educate yourself on the system and its breakdowns and its victims, you then start to realize that it is very possible that she at one point may have been in the same situation that Kelsey was in. She just may have survived it better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's sense. me being very generous right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Because, I mean, yeah, she can. I mean, that's why. I'm not with saying the that's the situation. Yeah. Right. That's why with the other girl, I was like, okay, well, well, you know, nine times out of ten, she probably was white and she got, you know, they took care of her a lot better. But on the other hand, there is that small chance that she didn't have family or friends and she didn't have anybody to fall back onto until maybe that's why they helped her more. Do I really think that in my mind? Hell no. But I have to come up with something that maybe makes sense. Right. And if you even think about the time that Lisa Miles was white, if you think about that, had this been a black woman, See that been a woman of color, right. Then you think about that. You think about she probably, if, She'd have been a woman of color. She may have gotten five or six years. Yeah. That's probably true. Were, were the guys, were they white guys? They were, no, they were oh. black. Oh, okay. And again, you see what I'm saying? And then you're talking about, and again, deserved. Don't get me wrong. The sentences are deserved. Yeah. But look at the difference in the demographic. You've got two black males committing yep. a crime. One of them's getting 40 years. Who knows what his priors were? And the other one got 10 to 15 years. Who knows what his priors were and whatever. And again, I could care less. But then you look at the white girl that is with them and you get 18 months probation. Right. Do that math because it does not equal up to me. Had this been a woman of color, you almost, I can guarantee you, you would have stuck her with five to six years. I was about to say five years minimum. Minimum. But she's a white girl. She probably had a sob story. She probably, you know, uh, uh, made a plea deal that was offered. How how generous and nice of them to do that right. and to, to take that into consideration. And then that starts to play out. <clears throat> and you get 18 months. Probation. Not even serving time. Probation, yeah. Just probation. Time. She got probation. Yeah. And again... God. Then you're talking about systematic racism. And now we're again talking about the justice system and how you are treating people of color and white people, non, non-people of color. You know, it, it's, it's, and again, I, Donald Jack, good. I hope he's rotten in hell. I could care less. That's not the point. The point is, is look how two uh, perpetrators were treated. She was just as much of of a criminal, regardless of her past, regardless of her situations. She yeah. was a participant in these criminal activities just as just as much as, if not even more. So, look at the manipulation. Look at you know what I mean. Look at uh, look at what you yeah. have to look at what she have had to have done. To to get these girls to trust her, yeah, to come into her arms, to come into the situation, to pull them, to keep them in. Once they were getting beaten, once they were being raped, once all of once they were being threatened, the manipulation and the taxes that she had to go through to keep these girls in. You are just as much of a criminal as as the men were. Yet you get eighteen months probation. Again, I don't even want to know what the hell she's doing today. I don't know. I couldn't find her. It's, I mean. I can find about anybody. If it's, if it's, she did that, then, you know, it's been over 10 years. Like, what the hell is she doing now? Right. Right. How many other victims does she have? Exactly. You know, what other crimes has she committed? What other groups has she linked up of? Because believe you me, the sex trafficking game, it is not a lone wolf game. Nope. That's this a billion a dollar business. Thank you. This is a network of people. They all know one another. So who else is she going to join up? 
and you know all of it all of it to 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 victimize the next one and the next one and the next one and you're talking about 14 years of that great job you guys super and this i i mean <clears throat> honestly i don't give I, I really don't care right now how this sounds but i know i'll probably get some heat for this but if i could say one thing i'm glad one of them guys are dead yeah I'm glad because oh, they yeah. can't hurt anybody else. I got a baby. Right. Like, my youngest right. is about to be six. Right. I don't have any type of sympathy for any person, male or female, but especially males who prey on little kids and, you know, all these little things. I, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry because because yeah. at the end of the day, that's someone's baby. I got baby. Right. And so, you know, hopefully the other guy is rotting in jail and he will be gone soon. And she, Mom, have she you heard not... anything about him? I, I have not myself. Uh, not that anything other than he's still in prison. Mm. Um, I mean, that's and, good but, to some But people. mind you, these men were close to 40 when mm. they were doing this. I think the code Johnson okay. is 39 and I think... Uh, the other guy was 40. So this was not the first their first time around. Oh no. By any means. Right, um, right. You know, the that is the one thing that, you know, the detective had told me is these guys are really bad guys. You know, they've been involved in drugs, they've been involved in weapons, and now they're doing this. And probably because it was the least dangerous for them and made them the most money. Right. Did they get prosecuted in Portland? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can see that because, yeah. I mean, it's been, oh God, it's been a long time, but the... I mean, the 70s and 80s, you guys know who the Green River Killer is, right? Like, well, yes. <laughs> everybody knows who that is. So, like, but yeah, that was his MO from, you know, Portland to Seattle, going up and down that I-5. And that's, and unfortunately, Portland, I mean, even in the 80s, my Oh, yeah, they all were. Mom, I mean, even Richard Ramirez was up at Western Washington yep. uh, College in Bellingham. Yep. You know, murdered two girls up there. So it was this. Oh yeah, yeah they've used the I five corridor for yeah. a year, and that's why we have the crime that we have. Yeah. And I know in your opening, uh, you know, uh, your little like your little little not scripture, but your little um opening statement on mm -hmm. the beginning of your podcast. It says, yes, we have beautiful mountains, we have beautiful hiking, yep. we have all of this forestry. But it's also the perfect place to go missing. Yep. And that is so true. Is that, you know, it's kind of like what was happening in Vegas last year, where the drought was drying up the um the lake there, and all of these dead bodies started oh God. you know popping yeah. up, right? This was, I think they were all like, I don't know, number five or something in, this, in Vegas. Well, you know, when you go missing in the desert. You've got kind of a great landscape to find someone. You know, I don't know if this is, but when you live in the north, in the Pacific Northwest, you know, people were like, go look, go look, go look. And it was like, do you even understand what it takes to go look for somebody in the forest? For real. This is the, this is the you're talking about the Cascade Mountains, you're talking mm -hmm. about Mount Rainier, you're talking about, I mean, all of it. It's so vast. And a yeah. lot of it you can't get to. Yeah. You know, it's it's mountains, it's ravines, yeah. it's it's you 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 can't even trek those areas a lot yeah. of the time. It's all of the brush. It's you know, um that's one of know, the things I say about you know, the biggest place that I've been doing so many cases on is uh for Native Americans is the Yakima Nation. Because right. that over there, there that's the one. That's the one reservation in Washington. It's it's huge. Not only that, right. but it's like so I don't understand why so many people go missing or get murdered there. And then you look at the landscape and there's 
big hills, there's cliffs, there's all of that stuff. Right. right. And yeah. And then what I was going to say too is, you know, I, my mom has told me stories when, you know, she was younger because my mom, my mom grew up in Portland, you know, her whole life. And in the eighties, early nineties, um, you know, she used to tell me that her and like my uncle were, they could be driving down the street. MLK was MLK was the street. It was known as Union back then, but MLK was a street. Right. You go up and down, and that's where all of the sex workers were, just right. all right. out. I mean, Portland is not new by any means to you know prostitution, sex trafficking, all of that. It's right. It's right. a beautiful city, yes, and, but yeah. it's... and it's easy to escape. You just yeah. hit the freeway and you're in yep. a different state within a matter of hours. Yep. You know, yeah. Portland to Vancouver is, you go across that bridge and you there. Right. It's... Yeah, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. Literally. It, it's... Vancouver to Portland is 10 minutes and it's across state lines. And, you know, thank, you know, it's, it's a great thing that they... Uh, that that kind of happened, I guess, because I think, Mom, isn't that part of the reason why um, uh, the F- was it that was that why the FBI had gotten involved, or was that how why he got so much time was because it was a kidnapping across state lines. It was yeah, it was sex trafficking that happened across state lines. Right. So that's why it went through a federal a federal case as opposed to a right. state case. Yeah, they had taken. They had transported her across state lines to traffic her. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Yeah, yeah, you would have thought it would have it would have been taken more seriously at a federal level. It was not. Yeah. So, um, and then I do remember that mom. There was that big search that we did have up here on Beacon Hill. Yeah, there was actually they did two searches. Um, one one was a big search, but for a um, area that was actually, I mean, people lived on these streets, but that ravine area is, is huge and dangerous and um, it's like know, five just, mile stretch, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a long way. And I know that the second search was close to the same area, but a little further north. And they called it because they couldn't get through the brush. The yeah. brush was so heavy in the area. I mean, they, they searched for hours, but but they finally said, we, we can't get through the brush. We'd have, we have to bring in a big machine um, to get through some of this brush. Yeah, because they couldn't walk it anymore, and they did use dogs. Um, they, you know, they had their search and rescue dogs. But is that the only place that they've searched, or have there been other other things like that? No, it's no. just those two. Just oh those wow! Two. Yeah, and it was supposedly from a tip, I believe. Yeah. Um, some girl i can't remember they never told us who it was but it was a girl yeah it was a girl and that was gosh i don't know six years ago mom something no it was even longer than that longer than that yeah it was 10 years ago i would i would i would say i would venture to say probably yeah probably more realistic so and yeah in 10 years there's been nothing there's there's, there's nothing i was just about to ask like what what have I mean? What's been going on? Look, the cops no, haven't just, said anything. Nobody's. No, and mom, didn't you say Todd, the detective, who kind of revamped everything after a while? He he retired, or he's not with the he, force anymore. He left um, the Seattle Police Force, and his partner took over the case, and. His partner tried uh, to basically go back to the beginning and look at everything, but then um, when COVID hit, um, he took basically kind of an extended 
I'll leave it, but everybody's yeah. working from home. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think, I think he had lost his dad in the first batch of COVID. So he had taken some time to help his mother. And I've only, I've only had one correspondence. And he's like, I don't know how long I'll be on the force. Um, God. So it's it's just it's just languishing, and nobody's nobody's looked at it in the last three years. Yeah, as I'm sure it's uh, the case with a lot of missing persons right yeah. now too. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, you know I know Dateline has started um, a specific missing in America. Um, they so they've kind of got a sub pod cast as well which is great because you know they're, they're regardless if it's kelsey or not there's there's a ton there's thousands yeah of missing people of missing girls missing you know indigenous women um you know african-american women and nobody is it's just stopped nobody is doing anything and um families like us are just you're just in limbo um and we could probably certainly be doing more. I've always said that to myself. Um, but I guess I don't know where to start. I, I don't, I'm not a lot. I don't even know what I'd, I'd have access to. I wouldn't, I, I don't have the databases that they're using. Like you guys actually have the resources to look for these people and we're just not, they're just not. So I don't know what the answers are. I don't know um, how to continue this other than to just, yeah, to keep talking about it. Uh, thank you so much, Carmina, for reaching out for us today and, and allowing yeah. us to share her story once again. Yeah. Um, and Oh, God, I don't even want to look at these numbers because there's I mean, yeah, the I get it. Like law enforcement, they have a lot of stuff that they go through, you know, uh, a quarter of a million women go missing every year and it's yeah that's a lot of people to look at but still that's one thing that i think anybody asks for is compassion they want law enforcement to have more compassion they want them to well i want them to do their job exactly exactly they want them like when you tell me you had somebody yeah when you tell me you had somebody's cell phone location two weeks after it shuts off and you don't search the area that is not doing your job that's that should that should have been an immediate search so it's that it's just that one thing and you know it's i don't even know if it's a lack of compassion i'm just i know it's a lack of 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 honestly follow-through let's call it that yeah there's no follow-through you know, and again, their resources are far extend the average citizen. I don't have a police database to look into. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have a sex offender registry where I've got a ton of priors I can start looking. Well, I guess there is. You can look at. Some I was going to say. Stuff, I think you, we can. Yeah. You, there, you, you can. But you know, I can't delve into it like it. I can't show up at somebody's door. Like a police officer. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, you guys, they, they, they. A lot of records the, get sealed. The lack too. of effort was ridiculous. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want to say. The lack of effort into a lot of these cases. Um, and I, under, I can understand that maybe they're overwhelmed. Okay. I get that. Um, then perhaps this isn't the job for you and you shouldn't perpetrate like it is. And <laughs> I don't have any sympathy for it. I have none. Yeah. That's your job. This is what you signed up to do. Yep. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just don't. I don't understand it. But um, so that that's Kelsey Collins in a nutshell. You know, missing from Everett at eighteen. Um, last scene. No, I don't even know if we have her last scene. We just know that she took a bus from Everett to Seattle, and. Yeah. And that's it, you know. Um, if they officially went missing on Mother's Day, May 9th. Oh, God. That makes it even worse. 
Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Sarah. Um, so just to wrap things up a little bit here, if if there's kind of a two-part question. So one, if there's something that you really want people to know about Kelsey, go ahead and say that. But then also, if there's something you you know, want to say to Kelsey herself, what, what would it be? Mom, you want to do that? Just that we miss her. We miss her enormously. Her smile could light up a room. We just want to know. You know, we just want to know. Yeah. And I second that. She was a beautiful girl, kind-hearted, generous, um, feisty, strong, brave, all of that. And, you know, uh, we miss her every day and just want these last 14 years to have never have happened um, and pray every day that we can find her you know gone or not and and begin to help her heal work through the trauma if that's the case yeah and certainly integrate her back into our family um in all ways shapes and forms i mean i think about that that road in and of itself i have you know daydreamed or whatever you want to call it or imagined or you know her walking through the door or her showing up or the police coming and saying, we found her, you know, whatever that, you know, all of that. And, and this may sound horrible, but I think it's more realistic. And me and my mom walking into like a room with this completely broken, brutalized woman and helping her through that enormous road to recovery like that's kind of you know what i mean because that's a large part of this yeah when these girls do survive and they are found and um we want her to know that if even if that's the case we do not care and we will walk that road every step of the way with her we will help her I will go broke. I do not care. You know, to to make sure that she is mentally sound once again, if that's even possible. And if it's not and she is forever damaged, I will love her. We will love her to the end of time. It does not matter. We will we will go through all of the 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 ups and downs with her. You know? Yeah. Um can you guys kind of give Hmm. like a description of her um if she has any like you know scars identifying marks um just some i know it's been you know over a decade but features change but what what kind of description could you give for us um she was about five six when she disappeared um she had light brown curly hair um Sparkling green eyes. She was light skinned. A surgical scar um, under her right abdomen. And another one from pelvic bone to pelvic bone. That one was very faint. Um, And she had a um, long scar on. I think it was her right hand that was between her forefinger and her thumb. It's kind of in that that little skin area. There was a big scar right yeah. there from when they cut her okay. with a razor blade. Um, is there at this point? I mean, I don't even know. I was gonna ask if there's like a police department or some, you know, if somebody has tips oh, or something yeah. we can call. But I'm like, who's actually really doing anything? but Who there is Ma, i think it's i think it's everett is it still everett police mom um actually it's seattle police oh okay okay 
And you can or, always still call Crime Stoppers. They have all of the information as well, don't they? Yeah, Crime Stoppers yeah. and um, the National Center for Missing and Endangered Children has all their yeah. information also. Yeah. And the Washington State Police, she is on their um she is in their database also. Yeah, she's yeah. on their missing person list. That's actually yeah. one of the first places I came across her case mm. was on there. And um yeah. yeah, so any one of the any any three of those resources is, you know, if you don't know the you know, the Seattle or the Everett Police Station, you can definitely Google any one of those and they have their their numbers like the first thing that pops up. And I think you can call anonymously. I would I would assume so if that's the case as well. So please, yeah. if you have any information and you don't want to be known, we get it. We totally understand. Stay anonymous. Stay anonymous. Um, but yeah, you know, call with any information, little or big. It's the, sometimes it's the most minute details that, you know, lead to the biggest revelations you know exactly <clears throat> yeah if yeah. one person hears this yeah. um and she is uh my my listeners are um also very familiar with this because i talk about this she is on namus guys um yeah. so you can go look mm-hmm. her up on namus and that actually i have a love-hate relationship sometime with namus but yeah namus has actually a really good description of um like sarah was saying of scars and stuff like that on there so um you guys can always check that out um i'll go ahead and link that in the show notes and then um yeah just one other thing that you know i wanted to just point out i'm going to link it in the show notes also um, there are a couple of numbers, uh, National Domestic Violence Hotline, uh, that phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. Um, there's also a National Human Trafficking Hotline, um, that is 1-888-373-7888. And you can actually also text them now, so you can text the word HELP to 23373 and i don't know how much you guys go up and down the i5 corridor but um probably every single rest stop that i've seen Mm -hmm. on the i5 corridor has these human trafficking numbers and um texts in the stalls of the bathroom okay so yeah that's I mean, I think right there. That's great. It's good that they have it, yeah. But I think right there, that also shows like, holy crap! This is how much it's affected this area that you have these things, you know, just out like that. Right. Mm. So again, I'll go ahead and link all of that in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much. I thank you. I can't. This was, you know. This is very emotional, I think, for everybody. And it's like I always tell people, if one person hears this, that could be what what you guys need. And, you know, nobody, nobody, I don't care who you are. Nobody goes missing off the face of the earth. Someone saw something. Someone knows something. Someone heard something. You know, it's whether it's between... The missing victim and their perpetrator or you know someone still knows something you know what happened right so just anything any little thing guys if there's anything you know call like you said call seattle police again if you're having problems in your own life domestic violence hotlines human trafficking hotlines they're all free they're all you know anonymous nobody's gonna judge you kelsey you know, you have a family who loves you so much and we just, like they said, no matter what, we want some type of, of closure. This family deserves justice and this family deserves to know what happened with their loved ones. So again, thank you guys so much for coming on and telling her story. And, you know, thank I hope, you I hope everybody just, yeah, I hope everybody just listened. And I think that's the one thing too, that I really want is knowing again talking about all the hard dif- difficult conversations around 
systemic racism around, you know, just, just everything, just pay attention. And I know there's a lot, most of my listeners actually are probably 90% of my listeners are women. So you're going to sympathize, especially if you have kids, like, right. it's, it's just, you know, and that's, that's one thing that I still don't understand about cops is like, if you have kids, like how you, you know, what happens if it was one of your kids, like, I don't know. Or a sister or a exactly. niece. Yeah. Or, you know, anybody you love. Anybody you love. I mean, and then there's just that little thing called, you know, human decency. Yeah. I mean, do you, it's, you know, you kind of want to ask, you know, do you, do you really have to be personally connected to this to actually give a shit? Exactly. And the answer yeah. should be no. It should yeah. just be that regardless, human decency is human decency, compassion, it's caring, it's yeah. being thoughtful and, um, you know, and it's being helpful. So, you know, there's, and, and too often or not, there's, you know, what goes around, there's this other thing that is, you know, like, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Um, but of a lot of, you know, people in my generation, um, you know, a lot of millennials and Gen Xers and stuff, you know, it's kind of like the whole snitch factor. I was going to say that, yeah. Like, we've got to get past this. Yeah. (laughs) This this snitch factor. I mean, I understand. Right. That's growing up, too. And again, (laughs) if that's the case, stay anonymous then. Yeah. If you don't want to be, then stay anonymous. You don't have to leave a name, a phone number, an address, nothing. Stay anonymous. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, it's different when it's violence. It's different when it's sexual abuse. It's yeah. different when it's against a minor child. If you see something, please start saying something. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's all I've I've got for today. But thank you so much, Carmita, for reaching out to us. Yes. And yeah, yeah, letting us once again uh, share her story and yeah. and yeah. Uh, her case so with you. Yeah. So thank everybody- you. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, just remember those. Uh, I'll have pictures up. Um, if you guys have any pictures you want to send me, I can put pictures up on the on the podcast page. And um, yeah, just you know, get get Kelsey's name out there and all of the numbers to call. Um, I know there's unfortunately there's a lot of women who and young girls who are probably going through what she went through, and so. Um, just, just be mindful of that. And, um, yeah, I think that's gonna about wrap that up guys. Um, we will, I'll keep you updated on everything. Like I said, with, uh, the podcast network and everything else. Um, but you guys know, you guys know what to do and wrap this show up, you know, have fun everyone, but be safe.